Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 339. Today we are reviewing the first season, hopefully of multiple, but as as we know right now, just one season of Moon Knight. We did in the last episode a mid-season kind of review, but it was through five episodes. So, so it was all—I mean, basically an entire season review, or like a like a leading up into the finale review, like a finale preview. Sure, yeah. But today we're going to talk about the finale. We're going to talk about the season as a whole. Probably gush over Moon Knight some more. This will contain spoilers, so if you have not seen the entirety of Moon Knight on Disney Plus. Pin this episode, come back to it later and listen to it then. But I don't know if other people are feeling this way. I feel like we're kind of in a vacuum. Like we haven't read too much of how other people are feeling about Moon Knight, but spoiler alert, we're both like really obsessed with it. Yeah, I mean we we probably have nothing but good things to say, honestly. And between the two of us just gushing about it, I feel like all of our friends that we talk to are also big Marvel fans and have also loved it. So I would be interested to see if there are other people out there who don't absolutely love it like we do uh, just to get a different perspective. But I, I totally agree. We just love it. Well, I will tell you, and this is going to be something that we talk about at the end of like, how does this rank within Disney plus within Marvel, all that things. This has lower ratings than a lot of the other shows that we would talk about for Disney plus. It's lower than Loki WandaVision. I think it's like on par with Falcon and winter soldier. Well, you mean like as far as people watching this? No, I mean like rotten tomatoes, IMDB, those types of fan and critic scores. I think I'm speechless. I think I'm actually speechless right now. Well, I mean, this might get into probably a discussion that we were planning on having towards the end of the episode, but that's just how we do things. We go off the rails. We had the conversation about, you know, objectively versus subjectively scoring this show. And to me, they a lot of times go hand in hand, like subjectively, Loki is my favorite Marvel character. And like that's my opinion. Wanda is mine. Yes. But objectively, and we are not film critics, not TV critics, like we do not understand the full process of everything that goes into like writing a script and everything like that. But to me, objectively, this series offered the most out of anything else that we've seen on Disney Plus. And what I mean by that is to me, every single episode checked a lot of boxes, and that was character development for Mark and Layla, 
and, and Steven. <laughs> and Steven. When I say Mark, I meant I all know, of them. Yeah. Um, it progressed the story along at a good pace. It, the pacing, I think, was pretty good. It still wasn't perfect in this one, but a lot of those other Disney Plus series have had some serious pacing issues. And then I think they were actually finally able to put together a pretty good finale. I still think Loki was the best finale that we've seen, and that's mainly just because of Jonathan Majors as Kang. I mean, he was just captivating yeah. the entire episode. But I think this was a very satisfying finale. Like, compared to Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I hate to say it to you, Don't. but WandaVision, those were not good. I think subjectively and objectively, <laughs> they were not good finales. I, w- I will say, and we probably said it before too, there was something left to be desired with WandaVision just because of all the hype that I think was built up around that particular series. And that's where you can get into the conversation. Sorry to cut you off, but you did, that's, yeah. I apologize, but <laughs> there's only two of us, but um, that's where I think you can get into the conversation of, did, was that Marvel's fault and WandaVision's fault? Or was that the internet's fault? Because we were all quarantined and had nothing better to do than to talk about WandaVision. You know, like, I, I, I mean, yes. And we did have that discussion too. Like we were just too into it, which I don't think is ever a problem to just be like, so excited about something. But we also pointed out with the end of WandaVision, some of those things fell so flat. The, what was the kid's name? Rob Boner. What was his name? <laughs> Ralph. Boner. Ralph. It, I knew it started with an R. I mean, come on. Like, that's that's all the brother ended up to be. Like, to me, some of those things were a little cheesy and Wanda deserved better. And if you are not sick of WandaVision discussion already, we'll probably be discussing WandaVision at length in our Multiverse of Madness review. It will, yeah. It will come up. A lot of Scarlet Witch conversation there. Which that, if you are marking your calendars, that will come out, we believe, mid-week, maybe Thursday of this week. We are going to go see it again because we don't feel like we're ready to talk about it yet. We're not ready. We're not ready. But... We have seen it. We will be. Yeah. We will be ready. Um, We're getting very distracted. If we think about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, though, that's the one that probably bothers me the most because I do think it had a lot to offer. I think there were characters there that people already loved, which, you know, that was the whole thing about WandaVision going into it. A lot of people thought, Oh, this is like, what is this going to be about? Like nobody cares about these two. Like this is going to be ridiculous. That's what I thought. Um, And I feel like Falcon and the winter soldier had more hype and it had a bigger letdown. Like there was, there were so many things wrong. The one that gets lost in this conversation is Hawkeye. It kind oh. of flew so far under the radar. It did. I guess because it was holiday season. But I even, in, I even feel like I enjoyed Hawkeye more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It wasn't perfect by any means, but. And to me, when you really talk about pacing, which I think is still the topic that we're discussing, that's kind of where we started. Pacing to me, it becomes really apparent. Like it's it's hard to not keep the pace really fast in a six episode 
season. But we were even watching parts of the Loki series to prepare for Multiverse of Madness. And Loki even drags on at some point. Now, it's not to the extent, and I know Star Wars fans will hate me for this, but like The Mandalorian has some episodes where you watch and it's like, I was entertained, but nothing happened. Like the frog lady episode is specifically <laughs> what always comes to mind. Like absolutely nothing happened that progressed the story. Yeah. It was cool. Like it and was it, enjoyable. Yeah. But um, I think that's that kind of lends me to bring up a point of that. How do you feel about these mini series? That's what they call them. The six episode ones. I, I kind of like this format of how they're able to do it because you kind of break them into twos. Like, you know, you have a beginning, a middle, and then an end. And you they all get about six hours of watch time. I I kind of like this format that they're doing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say about it, mostly with the time element. Like six hours is a long time to kind of get to know a character, especially in a situation like Moon Knight or even WandaVision where we definitely saw them in previous movies, but we didn't know much about them. We didn't really understand the dynamic. Obviously, they were together, but it was nice to see that play out. It was nice to get to be introduced to Moon Knight in this way, too, in something that was really just focused on him and his story, his character development. Now, I feel like we could see him in any Marvel movie, and we would be excited to see him. Like, we know everything that we need to know about him, essentially, as far as, like, where did this guy come from? Where did his powers? You know, I don't know. It was. It's just nice to get, I feel like, extra detail. Whereas in a movie, I guess the best one to relate to it right now would be, like, Shang-Chi, which we also loved. You know, that's only, what, two and a half, two hours? I don't remember how long it was. Around there. But... I mean, when you think about it, we got like triple the amount of screen time with Moon Knight now. Yeah. So I, I like it. Well, I just made a video and put it on social media and and ranking my favorite Disney Plus originals. And we can talk about that at the end because I you have it on the notes to where does this rank within everything? I guess we're not doing a good job of like hiding our ranking no. too well. But one... Topic that I said in there, which I still agree with, is that I think now this is the formula that everything should follow to introduce new characters to the MCU. And I think if you contrast it with, like, we don't know how big of a role Moon Knight is going to play. For all we know, we have him in these six episodes and we will never see him again. But it seems like fans have become attached to him. And like you, like you said, you could plug him into anything now. And we're all up to speed on what he is. Whereas you look at, let's go back to WandaVision. If you look at a Monica Rambo, you know, she doesn't become Photon until, what is that, episode four or five? five? Yeah, something like that. You know, I we expect to see Monica in the Marvels going forward, maybe in like Secret Invasion or Secret Wars, if they ever do that down the path because she now has the connection to the scrolls. She has, she obviously has a connection to captain Marvel, 
but and she has the connection to Wanda, but we don't know her to the same amount. Now, obviously, she wasn't the topic of that, but then the other one I think you can look at is Kate Bishop. She was in all six episodes of Hawkeye. I don't feel like we know her nearly as well as Moon Knight because a lot of it was about Clint and his family. Mm-hmm. And Kate, well, she and was just, a star of the show, but she had to share it. Yeah, and just how was Clint dealing with not having Natasha there? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do think Marvel is going to continue to use this. I mean, we have She-Hulk coming up, and then we have... Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel coming up. So, I mean, those are two new characters that we have not seen before that... I mean, essentially, we're going to be introduced to in the same way that we just were with Moon Knight. So, I I mean. Without spoiling, keyword on without, because some people have not watched Multiverse of Madness or they're not ready to hear anything about it yet. Knowing how the movie is, would you have liked to have seen an America Chavez series before introducing her before Multiverse of Madness? Hmm. See, now that's a tricky one because I do think they did a good job of introducing her. I think they gave us enough information to get like a glimpse into her backstory. Obviously, that's not everything. You know, that's not her whole life story. I don't know if if she's like ready for a full series, if that makes sense. Almost like if you think about Kate Bishop, could you have just put Kate Bishop into a series on her own without Clint? It would have been a very different story for sure. So, you know, I I think sometimes with some of those younger ones, they do need that mentor almost. Well, and, you know, that is comic accurate where Kate is always learning from Clint. I mean, yeah. that's... That's just how it is. They're, those two are tied together. Do you know if it's the same way for... Well, we won't get into it. But mm, maybe it doesn't work for all of them. I don't know. For Moon Knight, it worked because he's a trippy character. And he does kind of have you know multiple people with him. So it's not like it was just Mark all by himself. We did have Steven and Layla, respectively. But And Khonshu. And Khonshu. And Harrow was okay. So let's transition. Harrow, good villain, okay villain. How did you like him as the series ended? I I liked him. I think Ethan Hawke is great. Yeah, I mean, I think the character was really well played. Man, I wasn't prepared for this question, Brendan. It was not on the notes. Well, I think that is a good example of that Harrow is not, Ethan Hawke did not have comic book references to carve out that character. Yeah. So that, this is like a new iteration, new character that he was portraying. And I really liked how it turned out. I do like how it turned out. Now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I think it works with the you know with the tie in to the egyptian you know gods and everything like he needed to be that spokesperson 
I don't know. I mean, I think it all worked out. Okay. I don't, I mean, we're not there yet. We'll get there. <laughs> we, can't, we can't keep <laughs> saying that. Or this is going to be a three hour long episode. All right. So here's questions that we wrote down that we did not get answered within this season. Question one, did Jake Lockley, was he the one who killed Layla's dad? I kind of thought that they were teasing that they would discover or it would be revealed that it was actually, you know, Mark says that he was there and he witnessed Layla's dad getting killed. I thought it was going to be, he was there because it was his body, but it was Jake who killed her dad, which because does he remember being like, I know that he knows he was there and I feel like he does remember seeing the aftermath, which is probably why he doesn't believe that he did it. But again, if you're connecting the pieces and how Jake has been so far removed from Mark and Steven, I mean, I think it was him. I guess that's kind of the question that too has not been answered yet is, is Mark aware of Jake? Like he's always been aware of Steven, it yes. seems. And he's kind of been a silent spectator maybe for parts of it. It, it. Especially after the mom's funeral, I think is where Mark became that he was actually witnessing the stuff happening to Steven. You know, you could see that in episode one where Mark says, give me the body so that yeah. he, so is it disassociative disorder to the effect that he is completely Mark is gone when Jake has control of the body or is it more of a hybrid situation like with Steven? And I think they're kind of suggesting that it's, he's completely like unaware. unaware. Like he doesn't know that that part of him exists. Yeah. Next question we had was in the, Asylum scene in episode five, and many of you sent this message into us saying that the when Mark slash Steven slash Jake is sitting in the chair, there was the one scene where he had the beat up face, they had the band-aid over his nose, and he looked like a boxer, you know, might look. And in the comics, Jake is a boxer. And a cab driver. And a cab driver. And he had a Brooklyn accent, it sounded like at the time. So in some versions, Jake Lockley is from Brooklyn. We can, this kind of goes towards the end of the episode. But in other versions, he's from Puerto Rico, which seems like what they're going with in this version of Jake Lockley, since he was speaking Spanish at the end. So the question was, was that our first look at Jake? I kind of now think that, that that was not Jake. A, because he didn't speak Spanish. I think it was Jake. You don't think that the cab driver could be from Brooklyn and also know Spanish? Well. I mean, he could still be Puerto Rican living in New York. Like, all these things can still coexist. That's true. I don't know. And, and I guess that's the point. We didn't get that answered. We didn't get that answered. But what I was referring to, not so much in episode five, but in episode six, there was an asylum scene again. And it seemed like in that one, too, it was Jake. So I guess I was wondering, is that still just showing us that they are that far removed? Like, he's kind of still stuck 
in the asylum, in the sarcophagus, and whatever you want to call it, still playing that game because they are that disassociated with him. I think so. I mean, I think I think that's like they have come to terms with each other, but they have not invited Jake into the party, so to speak. And that's something. Like, could they even show that in a movie? Like, which is why it makes me think: Is there a possibility that we get another miniseries, or maybe he jumps into someone else's miniseries? Because unless it's a Moon Knight movie, and I don't know if we're there yet, how how do we tackle like what Stephen like just you know what are, what are Stephen and Mark going to think when they realize? There is like this third Dr. Jekyll, like evil triplet out there. You know what I mean? I was going to say evil twin, but there's three of them. Yeah. I don't feel like they're going to take that very well. No, I mean. Steven will not. No. And I think that brings us to the point of that, you know, as it's left off now, Conchu tricked them. So Conchu seems to have known that there was this third personality so that you know, in the scene where Steven is trying to bargain with him, I say, okay, Kanshu, if we do this for you, what happens next? Will you let me and Mark go? And Kanshu's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. You know, and if he had eyes, I bet he would have been winking at the camera at that point. <laughs> there would have been a smirk. Because it was a gotcha moment. He realizes that now the same thing that he was coercing Mark to do to Steven and to a certain extent, Jake... Now he's just flipping it. And now Jake is doing it and holding the other two hostage without them being aware of it. So, you know, at the end scene, we see that where they're strapped to the bed again. And you can assume that's Jake doing it to both of them so that he can have control of the body. And they, those and there's two, two goldfish. Yeah. And those two at this point in time seem completely unaware that this is happening. And it's a best case scenario now for Conchu because he gets the most violent out of the three of them, probably the most willing to do what he wants them to do. And it already sets up that the next time we see Moon Knight, that's the villain. The villain is Jake now. <gasps> oh, I don't know about that. At least a sub subplot villain. In, in the comics, is Moon Knight portrayed as a villain? Um, at times, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. But this, you know, and I hate to keep bringing in other titles, but this again goes back to the line from Loki of nobody's truly good or evil. And I think they are really taking that and running with it in all of these different things that we see. I mean, I completely agree. I'm sure that is going to keep coming up. <laughs> yeah. Next thing that we had to talk about was... Layla becoming the Scarlet Scarab. I loved that that was tied to Tawet Tawet Tawellet Tawellet. Um, just because I think I mean it's kind of like a quirky, kooky Egyptian god. Like she seems well-meaning. She was funny. That whole scene of like the back and forth between the two of them talking, I thought was really. Funny. I thought it was nice uh, that Tawellet mentioned her dad. Just like, oh, he'd be so proud of you um, and everything. I mean, I feel like it it fit. It made sense. 
And I like how she denied Khonshu at first because I think it kind of led up. I thought she would just say yes to Khonshu and then she would get her powers being the avatar for for him. So I like that it put it off and then they revealed that, yeah, she can work with Tawilla. That's a much better match for both of them. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but... Did she say like this is just temporary? Yeah. Like she wasn't like her permanent avatar. Correct. Although it seemed like Tawella was open to that. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things is now you see Layla deal with is she willing to give this power up? Especially again, I think it's the dialogue is really good in this show of saying, Are you an Egyptian superhero? The little girl asking her. That was actually really heartwarming. Especially after we watched, you know, a couple different YouTube videos and interviews and things like that um, with Oscar Isaacs talking about how, like, when they made this, they really wanted to focus on, like, showing Egyptian culture and stuff like that. And they wanted it to, like, they wanted Layla specifically to be Egyptian so that she could be an Egyptian superhero. And I thought, that is just so sweet. Yeah, and so if you're not familiar, and this kind of ties into something that Oscar Isaac said, Mohamed Diab was the director of this. His background is doing kind of like highly politically charged movies in Egypt and other parts of the Middle East and Northern Africa that are kind of pushing the boundaries of that culture. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's... To, it's just, again, it's so brilliant of Kevin Feige to go out and pick these people that are just like match made in heaven for what they're looking for. Like, how do you hit a home run with that? And then with Kate Heron doing Loki, who is like a relatively unknown director. Like his eye for talent is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I 100% think that Mohamed Dia being the producer of this director. director, sorry, director of this. I think that's probably what made it. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know what goes into making a series or movie, obviously, but I'll credit it to him. One thing that I thought was a really cool little twist that I didn't fully comprehend until it was said out loud. And some people might've caught it earlier. I guess that would have been in episode five was that Alexander the great was Ahmet's previous avatar and he like tricked her and he was the one who trapped her because he realized that she was had nefarious crazy purposes. <laughs> and so I think that's again like that's a really cool tie-in to history that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean I just think I mean you love that, I'm sure, being the history person. Yeah. Well and it's just it's interesting to think about just from like a historical standpoint, I mean, obviously this is fictional. I thought it was hilarious. I know we're not talking about multiverse right now, but at the end, <laughs> like at the very bottom, it's like, this is all fictional, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it is kind of interesting to think like, Alexander the Great was known for being the most powerful ruler of the empire and to be like, wow, maybe he was working with an Egyptian goddess. It's fun to think about. Yeah. So speaking of Ahmet, another cool twist that I think that happened in the finale was Harrow actually being judged by Ahmet and his heart was not balanced. 
like I did, I guess I didn't really comprehend that that was a possibility at the end of this, that he would work so hard, but he has committed so many bad deeds or he's going to commit so many bad deeds that Amit would find him unworthy to -hmm. continue living, but she's sparing him for the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, and isn't that kind of hypocritical? I mean, that's a huge red flag on her part uh, just to be like, oh, I could have anyone else, but I'm going to pick you and you're not actually the right person for this job. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's an interesting like piece of the puzzle that gets put in. And I think it just further proves that Ahmet's approach is not appropriate. Well, or do you think it was showing like that Harrow, because he used to work for Conchu or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Was it like going back to Conchu, like all the things that he had to do for him, like all of those were such bad deeds. Could be. That his heart couldn't be balanced. It could be. While we're on the topic of Ahmet, what do you, a lot of bit, there's been a lot of discussion online about her appearance, her voice. I don't think it's what I was expecting. I don't say I dislike it. I just didn't the, expect a giant crocodile. But that's what it, but that's what she was. I know, but like Kanshu, and maybe it's just because like we got used to him. Like we were, I don't know, we were kind of like babied into his appearance. Like a No, we weren't. It like was a, terrifying at the beginning. <laughs> he was so scary. I don't know. It was just shocking to me to see a giant crocodile with a humanoid thing. But I but that is what they would look like <laughs> if they were Greek gods. They believed that Egyptian they had gods. That's oh my god. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they thought they had like the heads of animals and everything else. I mean it's kind of shocking, but I liked it. So, I didn't think I didn't think it was weird. <laughs> that's just you I expected just, that yeah. when Ahmet showed up, that's exactly how she would look. Yeah, what did you think she was going to look like? Did you think she was just going to look like a human? I guess I never thought about that it would be a giant crocodile. He literally had a crocodile head on his staff. I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not disputing that all the signs were there. (laughs) It was just shocking to actually see Ahmed take shape. Is my point. But but you have no other critiques. It's just not something you see every day. Is a crocodile humanoid, but. Who knows? Maybe somewhere in the multiverse, Ahmet and Alligator Loki know each other. They, I mean, they have a lot in common, obviously. They're ac- alligators with lots of powers. Well, one's a crocodile and one's an alligator, so. Gators, crocodiles. Does anyone really know the difference? I do, but I don't think you actually want me to tell you. Do you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Whatever you feel is appropriate, I, I guess. Think, I think we'll move on. Okay. Okay. Um, so okay, let's, but, but wait, her voice. Did you not like her voice? I just thought it was weird. I just it was shocking to me. I've never been it, I've never seen a like I've previously stated, I've never seen a crocodile humanoid before. So I'm not sure what I was expecting. But you're cool with Conchu. The like bird man with no eyes. He was shocking as well. But I guess by episode six, I was used to Khonshu. I'm sure if we got six more ex- episodes of Ahmet, I would be used to her as well. 
But in the brief period of time that we saw her, I was a little taken aback. Okay. I, now we, now we know. If, You're not know a big... If, I don't know if you think that's fair or foul, but... I mean, it, it, that can be fair. Okay. So let's talk about let's talk about Jake again. The final scene where Ahmet and Khonshu are gigantic fighting over the Giza pyramid and they're having their own fight on the ground between Steven, Mark, Layla and Harrow. You know, all things seem to be lost. Khonshu is about to be defeated, which would mean that Mark and Steven are going to lose their power. They both black out. And wake up, and Jake has just kicked some butt and taken some names. I mean, and I was rooting for it. Like, as soon as I start to see this, like, playing out, you know, you're like, automatic, you're like, okay, where, where is he? What, what, you know, he's in there somewhere. What's going to happen? Where is he? Come on, Jake. And then it happened, and I was like, yeah. And even Layla was like, what did you do? Yeah. I mean, so I think like... Because it's probably very alarming. I mean, I can only imagine. Luckily, they don't show that on screen because that's not my kind of show. But I can imagine it would be a lot. Yeah. Post-credit scene. Are you ready for that? Yeah. So, obviously, we find Harrow then in this mental asylum. Which very was, fitting. Which was fitting, of course, for... Everything that took place, he has Ahmet trapped inside of him at that point. And Mark and Steven have seemingly, well, they've, they've ended their contract with Conchu. After refusing to basically do Conchu's dirty work. That's what I was going to say. They've both taken a stance that they're done killing, mm-hmm. it seems. Mm-hmm. And so we find him in the mental asylum, gets wheeled out. And as soon as the back of the wheelchair was grabbed. I knew it was Jake. Did you? Pretty much. I mean, he knew something was about to go down. And I mean, it made sense. Yeah. So they bring him out. I like that Khonshu was wearing like a Steven style suit for the (laughs) occasion. Yeah. And, you know, there's, it's only like a 30 second post credit scene, but so much is revealed at that point, you know? And that is the way that a post credit scene should be done. Yeah, stop right there. I'm We're just not saying, talking about anything I'm else. I'm just saying it was, it was one of those that was, I mean, it was just well done. You, and it just continued to give us more answers. Like, I feel like that's what anyone would hope for is, Like it gave us the big reveal because if you think about everything that we talked about so far in that finale, we got the Scarlet Scarab, we got Steven back, which was huge because we thought he was gone forever. You know, they made it back to the real world, came back to life, big fight scene, everything goes down. The one question that we still had was about Jake. Was that really Jake? Is there really a Jake? Are we all crazy? Are they crazy? And it confirmed that Jake was there all along. And in all those other little scenes that they teased before, I mean, that's exactly what it was. And I feel like with what Kanchi said, he almost even left it open to interpretation. Like there could be other versions. Like 
because he said, you know, why would I leave them with all these different personalities? It could lead you to think that maybe they have other personalities. I don't necessarily think that's true, but I don't know if my brain could handle that, but there could be, there could be more, you know, out there. Obviously that wouldn't be true to the comics, but I like that they said his name and that they like sealed the deal. And I think it left it open ended for us to see him again in the future. Which I think that's like all we ask out of finales is answer the questions that we had, but then leave us hanging. Like leave, leave some meat on the bone for us to come back to to continue this story, which I think is exactly how they did it. So we do have to talk about one thing where uh, the Disney Plus Twitter account, the day that it dropped, tweeted, make sure you check out the season finale of Moon Knight. Yada, yada, yada. Here's the link. Here's a clip to get you hyped for it. Quickly deleted and replaced with, make sure you check out the series finale of Moon Knight. So, could be a harmless misinterpretation that a social media coordinator was not aware of at Disney+, Plus that that was the verbiage that they were supposed to use, or... Could be that there's something in the works there. So I think there's quite a few different places that we could see Mark pop back up again. I think most likely is we're going to get this werewolf by night uh, Halloween special coming out. Did you know about this? Not too much in depth. Because all these YouTube videos that we keep watching keep mentioning this werewolf by night. And I just do not remember anyone mentioning this previously. Not that YouTube isn't a great place to like learn new things, but where are these people getting this information? Yeah, I don't know. But that's probably the most logical one. Um, it could be a season two of this series, which right now the only one that they have done that we know is coming back for a season two is Loki. But didn't they, well, I guess we're assuming that we'll see um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier again in a movie Correct. setting next. Yeah. So we will see them, It'll probably be. a series. I would assume it's going to be a new Captain America trilogy featuring Sam. Ooh. And I'm going to go out on a limb now, and this is probably going to make people mad. I don't think Bucky makes it much longer. Me, I'm the person that that makes mad. <laughs> Big just, Bucky fan. I understand, and I love Bucky as well, but I don't see Sebastian's... I don't know if it's something that's outside the Marvel Universe that pushes him away, or like... I mean, he's been in it from the beginning. There's not many of those characters left that have... Clint, Clint has yeah, kept but, going. but he's almost done, too. Almost done and done are two very different <laughs> okay, things. Okay, but you think he makes it... If they do a trilogy for Sam's Captain America... He might not make all three. Okay. Maybe one or two. And then maybe he goes back to Wakanda. But, I mean, if, when, if we get Black Panther 2 again... Not if. We are getting Black Panther 2. Okay, but I don't have a date yet. I like to have a date. Okay. Um, Do you think... Bucky could be in that. 
Yeah. So see, he he's not done. <laughs> okay. Just I'm just throwing it out there. But anyway, I don't know. Uh Moon Knight season two. I, I think that's to me, that would be the best place to continue telling this story. You know, it could be one of those things that where they want to see how well season one does before they commit to a second season. But it checks all the boxes, I think, for a story that can continue to be told. Okay. Question. Who would you like to see Moon Knight interact with? Like, where do you think would be the best fit for him? And not like, ooh, with Blade. I don't know that guy. I don't care about that guy. But like, which, no. Which character do you think that we are aware of right now? Like, could you see it being humorous? Because it's going to be funny. This guy has multiple personalities. Shang-Chi, maybe? Maybe. That would be good. Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, that could be funny. I'm trying to think of, like, who would get along with Steven. Yeah. Anybody British? (laughs) (laughs) That you can call upon? Dr. Strange. I guess he's not British. No, he's, <laughs> he isn't. he's from he New is, York. In real life. <laughs> yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah. The other, like, far, like, out of left field one that we have discussed is Kang, in the Loki season finale, does mention that a version of himself did become an Egyptian pharaoh. And I guess it was King Tut, wasn't it? That's what we were told, but I don't yeah. quite remember. He, so I don't know if Quantumania, which is when we know Kang is coming back, does Quantumania deal with time travel too, or is it just dealing with the quantum realm? Who knows? But I think it would be cool to like send Mark and Steven back in time with Layla to defeat Kang in that universe. Yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, you know, that would be some good dialogue. Yeah. Or he becomes, like, he's an avatar, or he's trapped, or I don't know. Something. I mean, Kang is about as powerful as it gets. I don't know if he's Thanos level, but I think he's the next really big bad that we have to deal with. I could see that. So, I don't know. I would like to see, I think that would be fun to see Moon Knight in. I guess, you know, and it looks like they've went back to London. So you might have to think about what stories could be based in the UK. Hmm. I feel like there's not much. The Eternals, too, maybe? Maybe. I do think it was interesting, you know, typically at the end of these movies and things recently, you know, at the end of Eternals, at the end of Shang-Chi, they say, you know... Shang-Chi will return. They even said that at the end of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We didn't get that with Moon Knight. Yeah. That is disappointing. Even if it's not going to be a series, at least tell us he's going to return. Yeah. Because I feel like he has to. He has to. This is not it. I, I agree. And I think, you know, it's hard to read between the lines between like press stuff, but I actually think Oscar Isaac had a blast with this character. How could you not? I yeah, you know, like you know, we talked about it previously. I think he liked Poe Dameron, but I think by the end of the Star Wars trilogy, he was kind of 
he didn't agree with how it was done. And I like I don't have strong feelings about it either way. But it seemed like he's kind of over it. Like he's not going back. He he did the three movies. You're not going to get a Poe Dameron like series on Disney no. Plus. But I think he's really enjoying the Moon Knight character. It seems. It's he. I hope so. I hope he likes it because I would like to see more of him. Yeah. Okay. So the ultimate question now. Where do you rank this? I already published mine, so I can go first. Okay. I guess. I'm going to start at six. Online, I just did five because I couldn't fit it for time. These are my top six Disney Plus original series. Number six is The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Completely different genre, but I think just wonderful storytelling. And so cool. Yeah. And And so cool. Talk about things that enhance your visit to the parks. Like, that absolutely does. If you've not watched it and you're visiting Animal Kingdom at any point in time, you have to. Because then you will know the Babarusas by name. You'll know the gorillas (laughs) by name. You'll know some of the elephants by name. Like, how fun is that to be a know-it-all going through the gorilla exhibit? Like, oh, there's baby Grace. There's everybody else. I know. We already forgot their names. (laughs) But they're coming out with a season two also, which means it was a a success. Yeah. Number five, Loki. Just really great series. Number four for me was the Imagineering story, which it's still hard to believe that was an opening like release day, it was preloaded on your Disney Plus whenever you got access to the streaming service. I mean, and that might have been one of the very first things that we ever watched on Disney Plus. I believe it was. It was that and the Mandalorian were like kind of right obsessed. there. Yeah. Yeah, together. What a way to start. Number three for me was WandaVision. Number two, The Mandalorian. I like season one more than season two, but both very good. And then number one is Moon Knight, which before this series, I never, ever, ever would have thought it would even break the top five. No, I mean, we had never heard of this guy. Obviously, you know, Marvel is really starting to branch out and give us some of these more obscure, you know, characters and superheroes that maybe like he doesn't have a very extensive catalog, does he? No, I mean, and that's the crazy thing about this is that they basically pulled almost all of this from one comic book run. Like, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. And so cool. That shows that those comic book writers were geniuses. I'll give it to them. They were geniuses. Good job, guys. Um, Or ladies. Or I, I just meant guys as like a... Like, use guys. Yeah, I always say, like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, that's just, I don't say y'all. That's not me, so. Howdy. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, and he seemed like a very dark character. Like, I compared him almost immediately to, like, Daredevil. Like, ooh, I'm not going to like this guy. He's obviously a little twisted. And don't think I'm going to be a fan. Obviously, we've been turned around. So now I have to give my ranking? Yep. Okay. I have to say, for a few of these, really for almost everything on this list, it's very conflicting. Like, I, I'm very, I'm kind of torn up right now having to do this because I don't like it. 
But five and six, I'm going to kind of tie together with the Imagineering story and the Magic of Animal Kingdom. Just because I like really, really enjoyed both of those series, but I didn't like they're not as entertaining as like some of these other series that they've come out with. So as far as like rewatchability, like maybe someday I'll rewatch the Imagineering story, but I don't necessarily think I'm going to ever rewatch the animal kingdom. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love it. And I look forward to watching it. Although our dog Loki hates it. She can't watch animals on TV. She just barks. It could be an animated dragon and she's going to bark at it. Have, Anything that even resembles an animal, she barks at it. We have to, we sound like real parents. We have to uh, watch it after she goes to bed. We do. Yeah. Like we tried to watch the, the one with the dogs where they were training to be service animals. Couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. The dogs. Well, it also made us cry five minutes into it. Well, that too. But dogs really push her over the edge. So, anywho. Uh, number four, I put Loki. Really enjoyed it. That was probably the series from the very get-go that we were looking forward to the most. And I think it's really exciting that we got to see Tom Hiddleston as Loki again. Because, again, we we thought that was over and gone and like never going to happen again. So the potential to continue to see him coming back is really exciting. Um, from there, the Mandalorian. I, I think there's very few things that can match like that reveal of Grogu. Spoiler alert. Oh, stop it. Um, they're like, come on. Like Disney does not keep secrets. Well, that was impressive. The restraint that they showed of not releasing merchandise before the series is, we do not give them enough credit for that. Like, honestly, kudos to you, Disney, because we just had, obviously it was just May the 4th, and we did like Star Wars Day at my school. You know, every kid totally obsessed with Grogu, Baby Yoda, whatever the kids still call him nowadays, like totally obsessed with him. Love him, backpacks, folders, stuffed animals, t-shirts, pajamas. Like, they have it all. Like, I good mean, for you. I wish someone... John Favreau, good for you. I think it'd be a fun, like, case study to see how much money did they leave on the table by not really... Like, I realize it worked in their favor oh, because it was totally then, worth like, it. people rushed. I remember the first Funko drop with him yeah. was probably the most competitive Funko drop I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Like, we got one, and we, I think I ran around the house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, like, you know, p that pent-up demand, and I don't think you'll ever see that again where people, like, it for the most part, online, like, didn't spoil it for other people because they understood how, like, impactful that scene would be. And just, I mean, just, like, so cool. So cool. And they continue to keep doing cool things. So The Mandalorian, never been a huge Star Wars fan, know very little about Star Wars. I'm learning, but know very little, and The Mandalorian is awesome. Um, from there, this is the one that hurts my heart, like genuinely hurts me to say it. I have to put WandaVision at number two. 
I'm still Wanda's number one fan. You cannot take that away from me. Um, and I still think it's like number one in character development for Wanda because I think we learned so much about her and we're able to fall in love with her because of the series. But unfortunately, you know, we can blame it on the pandemic. That's what I'll blame it on for like the holes and like the disappointments in the series. Like even when you go back and watch it, you might love it, but there's holes and you can't deny that. So for that reason, I have to put it at number two because I'm trying not to be biased. So number one, if you haven't guessed it, <laughs> it's Moon Knight. Are we crazy? I don't know. Maybe we are. They they turned us into Moon Knight believers, I guess. I don't know. It was just really well done. And every single time like we watched something new or looked something up afterwards, I think it just made us fall in love with it more because it was so well thought out. There are a million Easter eggs. Obviously, I'm a Taylor Swift fan, so I love Easter eggs. Oh, my gosh. It, it's really cool. It's cool to see how they teased so many things the entire time. But it wasn't teasing to a point, like, to WandaVision, it almost felt like mockery. It, <laughs> well, because they like, never, they didn't follow through. Yeah. And this one, like, you can go back and see, like, Tawella was teased in episode one. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was so much foreshadowing. The, uh, the boat that rides through the sand dunes that Tawellet was in the fish tank in episode one. Mm-hmm. Like there are so well, many. And the plushes, the scarabs, the goldfish picture in his child room, childhood bedroom, like so many things. I just think it's amazing. You know what was a tough pill for me to swallow though? What? Mark Spector is a Chicago Cubs fan. And that, to me, is really, it's really hard to accept that. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. That's a, that is a tough one. I like to think that Steven is a Cardinals fan. So, it's a redeeming. It, so, it balances out. They and, did have a balanced heart, so it makes sense. And Jake, you know? being from Brooklyn, I assume is probably a Yankees fan. But so What's going to gonna balance that out? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think he's balanced. I think that's the point. <laughs> he's a loose cannon. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've just gushed over it for like the past two podcast episodes. And if you ask us about it in person, we'll do the exact same thing or in messaging or however you choose to reach us. If you if you had to pick like wh where, what were the cons to this series? Like what? Did they not do how you wanted them to do it? But I think that's the beauty of it. My expectation was at like a negative one. <laughs> like I walked into this honestly expecting to hate it. Like after those first, it might've even been the first episode when everything's going crazy and it is like a little gory, like, you know, there's knives and like stabbing people <laughs> and stuff like that. Like I'm not, a, I'm not here for that. Um, I, you know, it was, it would have been very easy for me to just pull the plug and say, I'm done here. I'm going to, you know, leave Moon Knight alone now. And I stuck with it. And I, so I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it is they could have done anything because I was expecting nothing. I mean, I guess my, my biggest question 
would just be, where the heck were these other gods? I mean, I know, like in some of the videos that we watched, and in even with uh, like preparation for Love and Thunder, like that's Gore's problem is that these gods are lazy. They don't want to do work. They've abandoned humans, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. That seems kind of like a lame excuse to not see some of these other really cool Egyptian gods. Like who? Like Osiris or Isis or. So you're just saying words right now. I have no idea who these people are. But that, like the ones they had their av- they had their avatars there. Why didn't we get to see them? Why weren't they in some gigantic fight scene? Like why? I mean, I guess at that point they were dead because they killed their avatars but like before that why were they so relaxed i guess if i had to pick a bone i would have said you want to give me more gods a royal rumble between crocodile humanoids dead birds the jekyll heads yeah give me a a lion head tawel it should have come out there and just just mop the floor with all of them. I would have loved to see Tawellet out there kicking some butt. Yeah, let's get Tawellet out there. So, I don't, I mean, I know that's super lame, but you asked. Yeah. Do you have any? Can you think of anything? Not really. <laughs> I, I don't, like, I don't know if we're just, like, in a good mood or something. Like, I haven't heard anybody just, like, completely gush over this like we did, but... I don't know. I hope people believe that we're not always, like, we try to be honest. Oh, I mean, if you want to hear honesty, go back and listen to, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I feel like we highlighted the good things, but we didn't shy away from the bad either. Yeah. Okay, last question. While we're on the topic of Disney+, Plus, what upcoming Disney Plus release are you looking forward to the most? Um, gosh, obviously the next series of the making of Animal Kingdom. I don't think that's what it's the called. The magic of Disney's the, Animal Kingdom. That's the one. Um, I'm obviously looking forward to that, but now I think the next Marvel one that I'm excited for would be She-Hulk. Just because I'm hoping Bruce Banner's in it. He has to be. And I, I love me some Bruce. Yeah. What about Kenobi? I already told you I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I And I don't know. We watched Book of Boba Fett, obviously, which turned into Mandalorian season three. I don't know. I haven't even watched a trailer for Kenobi, honestly. Really? No, I haven't watched it. It's just, it's an interesting like timeline for me because I like the prequels are what I grew up on. Yeah. Like all of my Star Wars like action figures from being a kid are from the prequels. So are you super excited? I'm trying not to get like overly excited because I don't want to like set unreal expectations. But I mean, Ewan McGregor might be my favorite actor like ever. Uh oh. You know, so I love, that's a high expectation right you there. You know, I love that movie that you despise with every five in your beings, uh, Big Fish. I've never even seen the movie. Yeah, because you made me turn it off like 10 minutes into it. Well, there must have been a good reason. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I love Ewan McGregor. Uh, did you love his portrayal of Lumiere in the Beauty and the Beast live action? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Beauty and the Beast live action. Totally. Yeah. Movie. That's what he's best known for. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I would probably say Miss Marvel is what I'm most excited for. I think she has a lot because hopefully that sets up the Marvel's movie. So it's Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Photon together in that one. So how does but Photon's not a Marvel? Yeah, but she's like connected to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Do you think we'll see America Chavez in that next then? With the Marvels, I mean, I feel like she falls into that family. I don't know why, but I feel like she would. Well, and that could lead into like an A-team movie if they create a female, like Avengers team. That would be really cool to see because we have a lot of female superheroes right now. Yeah. So I would love to see some, like they tease that in Endgame where they all Mm -hmm. ran together. Yeah. Now, I I don't need to see Gwyneth Paltrow again. Well, obviously, yeah. You have strong feelings about her. Well, and then Love and Thunder. I mean, I know that's not Disney Plus, but I'm excited. I, I think Love and Thunder is going to be uh, emotional, but also like hurt your belly laughing funny as well. I mean, because essentially we have to be prepared to say goodbye to Thor in this one. I don't think he's going to die, yeah, but, but he think- does say, I'm done being a superhero. Like that's in the trailer. He's done he's i don't know the way that i'm looking at it is he is looking for like a retirement place you know he just wants to go and be happy yeah well and i think you know we i think we talked about this on air and maybe we just said it to each other but you know he's went through as much loss of almost anybody Mm -hmm. obviously wanda has as well but there's not many others who have lost both parents, a brother. Jane didn't die, but left him. His love interest, yeah. Yeah. She's coming back. I don't, who knows what that's going to look like. But I think, uh, and obviously we got that glimpse in Endgame where like he's not handle, he did not handle this well mm-hmm. of losing. And so I think it'll be good. I mean, Taika Waititi could, direct anything and i would probably think it's amazing probably and it looks like it's gonna have a lot of korg in it so and you love that korg is probably my second favorite marvel character beside behind loki mm-hmm. which i don't i don't understand i think it's hilarious you don't understand why korg is such an, a great character I, we we might have to have this conversation off air because we've been at this for a while um one hour and two minutes to be exact and there we go. That's a wrap. So we, what you can expect out of us next, we will have our Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind episode come out early this next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. We are going to try to address this at a, we might do like a half and half episode, do non-spoilers, and then maybe talk about specifics of the ride for a brief period of time at the end. But I do think it's very important we will make that very clear. Yes, we'll we, tell you. If we decide to do or say anything spoilery, we will give you time to turn it off. But the, our main objective is going to be to prepare you for, like we did this for Velocicoaster, like everything you need to know beforehand. Mm-hmm. So that could be like logistics, speaking of height requirements, and you know we can run through but that stuff. Not. But it's going to be a lot pertaining to the story. 
to help yes. you appreciate it. Because this is supposed to be a story coaster. So I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. And then we will, we're going to go see Multiverse of Madness again. Get our mind, try to get it straight, and then share that with you later in the week. Yeah, be prepared. That's going to be a long one. I have very extensive notes in my phone right now. Yeah. And we haven't even, and that's just between us. We haven't even watched like any YouTube breakdowns or anything yet. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Let us know what you thought of Moon Knight. Tell us, are we completely crazy? Did you think it was good, bad, meh, anywhere on that spectrum? Love to know about that. And we will chat with you real soon. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.